Okay, Anthony, we're on live. Blog Talk Radio. Great evening. Great evening, kings and queens, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for the part two segment of Black, I'm sorry, Black Wall Street. Um, tonight again, of course, we have Tammy Gator from the Butterfly Evolution Show, myself, Anthony D. Collins from the Anthony and B. Fly Show, and Brother Andre Curry is going to continue to share his knowledge about what he found that's very um, important for us to all know when it pertains to the events that took place in Black Wall Street and a couple of other um, areas across the world that we're finding out that kind of went to some, some of the same similar scenarios. Um, as last night as we mentioned, this show is not about promoting anything, doing any commercials. Um, it's kind of like one of those special premiere shows because we want to make sure we get as much information as possible. Um, tonight we will be a little bit more freely with exception of a few calls, depending on how the information goes. But, again, you can inbox me or Tammy on Facebook to um, unmuted. Okay, we got it. Y'all got to hear me? We can hear you just yes, fine. I can hear you. Okay, okay. I thought I had got disconnected. Okay, that's cool. So you guys can inbox me or Tammy on Facebook. Um your questions or comments, kind of like the same format for last night because we just want to make sure that the most, most of the information is getting out there. And then, so real quick, we're going to just intro um, Andre. And, brother, just for the people who didn't, who may or may have not listened last night, give them a quick, quick intro about you, then we'll get right into the information. Okay. Uh, I'll keep it extremely brief. Um, my true and actual actual name or title is Ronnie L. L. Bay. Um, what most people know me as from Facebook is uh, Andre Curry. Um, I am a um, teacher and a uh, lecturer in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and basically, we're just coming together tonight to get out some real important information tonight. The topic is basically going to be us talking about the actual steps to rebuilding our, um, our actually actual domestic uh, for our family. So, I'll keep it brief, and we can jump right in. Okay, cool. Now, I know last night, uh, Tammy, before we start, anything you want to say, mention to your listeners anything? Um, well, I just kind of want to um, put out there that we're expecting, I don't know how many people, we were talking about Mound Bayou before we got on the air, and um, I, I know that not a lot of people have heard of Mound Bayou. I was one of those people, and I'm about two hours away from it, and this is actual city uh, or town that plays a very important part in this as well. So we are expecting a call from the current mayor um, sometime during the show. He had something else on the schedule, but he is going to text me and let me know that he's getting ready to call in, and we'll pull him in because they are working to rebuild um, the city and unite there. So be a good time to because of what we're talking about tonight. What now, basically? What do we do now? How do we recreate this? Um so just okay. want to thank everybody for coming back again tonight. Okay, great. And I guess we're going to actually start there because I know um, before we got off the air last night, uh, uh, Brother Michael called in and was speaking about the movement um, that took place in the past and what, um, in your opinion, um, Brother Andre, what, what would you have done different with some of those movements that they didn't do? What mistakes you felt they might have made back then? <laughs> Well, 
we've actually, as the people, made a couple of different, had a couple of times where we made the same mistake over and over again. And from our research, the most grave uh, of our mistakes are two of them. One, as we spoke about last night, is not understanding the basis of nationality. And we have movements that come together, and they have a great premise, but they don't have the correct premise when dealing with law because law Mm -hmm. is specific and and goes into the the fact as what you say you are, you are. So when you don't understand that, that complete specificity of law, then you can actually walk yourself down the wrong hallway thinking that you're in the correct hallway the whole time. And that's one of the big mistakes that you see with the Black Panthers um, and a lot of the other movements that use slave labels for the name of their organization. Uh, the mm-hmm. other glaring mistakes that we that we made was one of just basically always being behind this, uh, behind and not understanding the steps of our enemy, meaning that. When we start organizations, because we don't have think tanks, we tend to act and, and without understanding the reaction that that's going mm-hmm. to entail from the people who are trying to stop the movement. So you look at an organization such as the Black Panthers or, um, you know, Brother Elhaj Malik Shabazz, who are most commonly known as... Uh, Malcolm X, or you look at uh, Dr. King, and all of those deal with infiltration from exactly. the same faction. And it was because of not studying your enemy as much as you needed to. So you found yourself behind the eight ball. They were completely already set up to discard and redirect your energies but you didn't know the counter that was coming, which is something that, you know, you learn from playing chess, to be three to five steps ahead of your opponent at all times. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want you to explain, when you talk about infiltration among those different, you know, um, theologies, because each one of them had their own theology, I guess, you know, Mount, I mean, Martin was pretty much nonviolence. Um, I believe, I, I would say Malcolm X is more so just taking you through a spiritual cleansing and saying defend yourself by all means necessary. And then the Black, Black Panther Party was pretty much doing their best to provide numerous service within the communities and also not, you know, not standing their ground as far as self-defense and stuff like that. So explain from your research how did each group get infiltrated and, and and like be kind of focus on the exact mistake that each group made if, if you if you can. Well, it's it's pretty simple because each one of them made the exact same mistake. Every single mm-hmm. person, every single organization, every single group, the exact same mistake. We can go all the way back uh, to Noble Drew Ali. We can go back to the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey. We, and, and we can come forward, and it was the same mistake. And that mistake was, was not 
knowing who you were surrounded by and having two loose of a circle, meaning that we started an organization, and before we completely secure the trust, the trust circle of the organization, we tend to reach out. By us reaching out, you allow everyone who looks like you to come into the group, but as many um, of our leaders have said, just because they look like you do does not mean they are for you. And so mm -hmm. when you look at how um, the Honorable Messiah Garden was set up or, the, you know, uh, Noah Drew Ali, they were infiltrated from one of their right-hand men and was either set up to be poisoned. You look at Noah Drew Ali who uh, died of a disease, but when you do read the records, it was uh, poisoning. Uh, when you look at the Honorable Marks and Cy Garvey, you know, getting brought up on tax fraud, uh, and so on and so forth. When you look at Martin Luther King, uh, Brother uh, Dick Gregory made a very, very important, brought a very important understanding to that picture of uh, Martin Luther King when you see him being shot in Memphis. And I had never mm -hmm. thought about it until I heard... Uh, the great brother speak, and he said that anybody that's from the hood, when you hear a shot, you duck. He said, mm -hmm. so why is it that on that picture, right when that shot is fired, everybody is standing up, and no one is even attempting to mm -hmm. duck. Everyone is pointing. Mm -hmm. And he said it's because Very interesting. They, knew that they, they knew that there was not another bullet coming. They knew that it was only one. That is the only reason mm. you're going to stand up and not duck. If you don't know wow. how many bullets are, you're ducking. Wow. And then when we go in and we look at the simple fact that if we just look, we take the case of Dr. King and all those people who are standing at that hotel with him have all been accept, have accepted governmental roles. Mm -hmm. Now, if anyone can tell me, when is it that you have an open enemy that after he has assassinated your leader then, then opens his arms to ingratiate you and to his government? What is the reasoning for that? And that is directly to channel your energies to allow him to facilitate the things that he's trying to accomplish to help push him down your own people. So when we look mm -hmm. at these Reverend Sharpings and um, these so-called leaders who know everything that, that we're talking about tonight, everything that we're going mm -hmm. to talk about, everything that we talked about last night, these people know. But they're not using mm -hmm. those energies to actually uplift us. They're using them to dissipate the energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, now, real quick, Brother Ben, Sammy, I want you to chime in. But this is what I've noticed from my research, even when you go back, you know, before the Jesus Christ days and, and maybe even like maybe, I guess, 50,000 years or three years ago, although we know time is an illusion, but we just got to state that for, for people to uh, follow us. It seemed like our culture, the black culture, um, always evolved and went to other parts of the country, near the country, like, for, in for instance, Europe, and we always had that instinct to help others. Like we helped the Europeans with the with the math, with the science to light up their streets, 
and it seems like in return we either got enslaved, tortured, or killed. So I always felt that one of our biggest weaknesses was that we helped too many other cultures without making preserving ourselves first. Do you agree with that, or, or how do you feel about that concept? Well, I, I completely agree. You know, we practice the highest form of humanity on the planet. We sing kumbaya with everybody, but no one is, is extending their hand to sing kumbaya back with us. Now, okay. we can deal with that in two different directions because in, when you get into a certain understanding, you understand that the reason that we practice this form of humanity is really because we've caused so much destruction on this earth, ourselves. And okay. that goes into understanding karma. People who understand karma are a lot less emotional about the slave trade. Not because it was right, but because you understand that the divine laws of karma says when you slap, you will eventually be slapped back. When you love, you will be loved. So when you look at us and the things that we've gone through and you actually do an intense study of our actual history, you, and you go back thousands and thousands of years, you will find mm-hmm. that on different parts of the earth, we enslaved each other. Yeah. We enslaved the Anglo-Saxon, which is where you get the word slave, which comes from the word mm-hmm. Slav, which is dealing with the word Slavic, and dealing mm-hmm. with the, the, the slave trade that the Russian and the Slavs went through, you go back to uh, 1 AD uh, and you'll find that the Anglo-Saxon woman was sold into every part of the continent as a prostitute and we had harems all over the continent where she was used as a sex slave. Mm-hmm. And we can chart that, and those type of um, acts against nature throughout history that we did, and we must accept that. Because when Mm -hmm. we're talking about a rebuilding process, the first thing we have to do is repair our foundation. So we have to get away from looking at ourselves as like, you know, oh, we were kings and we were queens. and we No, we were all of that but we also were some of the most evil people on the planet, and that is the reason that you have us in this state today. The mighty must okay. fall at some point to learn the lesson, and we fail. So in order to rise, as there's an ancient proverb that says that the lesson will be repeated until it's learned. So we have a choice. Okay. Either we're going to learn it or we're going to keep repeating it. But we have to get out of the fantasy world that we never did any wrong. Okay, absolutely. I agree with you. Sammy, anything you want to add to it? Um, I, I do. I'm, I'm getting that we're not as clear as we were last night. I took mine off of speakerphone, so if you guys are listening out there, I've already got one that it sounds a little better since I took 
took myself off of speaker that it did get a little bit better. So it's maybe it says too many of us are on speaker. So just uh, let me know, you guys, if this is better. Just send us something. But, yeah, I do want to add, and we do have some callers, so you guys, if you don't mind, we'll go ahead and try to take some of those. Um, one of these I think tried to get in last okay. night, so I certainly want to pull this number in. And then after we're done, my question is going to be on mindset. As we talk about what now, um, I, I want to kind of, if, if you don't mind for a minute, get past, okay, kind of what we, what we t- talked about of, the knowledge that was bought, and how much responsibility lies on us now uh, individually and collectively, um, you know, in the way we parent, the way we we manage our own lives and things like that, just where we are and what we need to do to pull it all together in a sense, if you you don't mind. So let's pull in caller from 713 with the last four digits of 9333. You're on the air with us. Yes, Islam Morris. Islam. How y'all doing? Good, hey, how are um, you? My name is, uh, I'm doing good. This is Asad Panil Ilbay, and um, Ramiel Ilbay is my cousin. And I just want to commend him, first of all, on the work that he's doing. I see the work he's doing on the West Coast, and I want to commend you all on the Blog Talk Radio for allowing him to uh, to speak on, on this type of knowledge because it needs to be heard and it needs to go forth. But um, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm calling in is that I would really like for him to expound on the family and the village concept of how you raise a kid based on the village concept, where it wasn't no, it wasn't really a family environment uh, uh, consuming a one household, but it consisted of the village as a whole. And what all, what all did mm-hmm. that entail? Great. Okay. Okay, well, we have the oldest form of what we connotatively call family uh, will come out of what's called totemism. So totemism was a structure of, of our villages where when our daughters were able to give birth, they were, meaning hit their, got their monthly administration, they were given a symbol of adulthood and womanhood. Now, I will preface this with saying that, unfortunately, our, our modern and contemporary mindsets right now, and it's hard to fathom a lot of these things because we do not raise our children to be adults at 12 and 14. So a lot of times we take a modern mindset into viewing these things, and we, we, we miss the point because the way we do things now, our, our, our children really aren't adults until mentally until they're about 40 because the learning process has been slowed down greatly. But in, in our ancient societies, you had rites of passages and all types of things that assured that you have the capabilities to be a responsible, respectful adult based on your village concept. So what we look at today from a structural standpoint is saying that you have your mother, your father, and your children in the same household did not exist. The true domestic structure of our ancient civilizations were 
based around the fact that a, a pure matriarchal rule. Once the woman reached her point of ministration, she was considered an adult after she did deal with her rites of passage. She was given a symbol, okay, that allowed all others to know that she had reached that status. That symbol for, we'll just pick an object and say, may have been the emblem of a fox. And that was called her totem. She would, at that point, eventually break off and have her own tribe. Her tribe would consist of children and other family members, also men. Now, in that system that we had, it was, it was based on understanding that the men were there to protect the woman and to hunt and gather in the food to make sure that the village was safe. The woman was there as the matriarch, the true ruler. That's where all of your uh, first signs and symbols uh, in cosmology deal with the woman. So she would, there was no husband. So there was no one man that she attached herself to. There was no such thing as this is my wife or this is my husband. It was actually a concept that said that she chose who she uh, was going to bring a child into this, uh, this gate with. She chose that. And that mm-hmm. may, she may have children by ten different, and one man may have children with ten different women. The reason that this study becomes important is because in most, in a lot of cases, because of our indoctrination, we're taught to fight against certain parts of our nature. You see this same thing being acted out in society today. With or without your consent, you are, you know, your nature generally takes over. And so we see a lot of our, our, our beautiful queens will have different children by different men. In our society today, that's looked down upon. But it was actually a, not a normal phenomenon coming out of ancient cultures and truly is probably the more true architect of what society is supposed to look like. But it's hard for us to conceive that coming out of a more indoctrinated Eurocentric um, uh, thesis mindset. Wow. Yeah, that yeah, one absolutely. is hard to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, to even support to support what Brother Andre is saying, um, I'm gonna just suggest for people to get a book by the name of uh, Intro to African Civilizations by John G. Jackson. And it pretty much in the first um, in the first sixty to seventy pages will break that down like two plus two equals four, and once you read that and read it carefully, and if you read it with I don't even want to say an open mind, if you read it with a common sense mind, you will see that automatically shuts down the whole thought process of Adam and Eve. But I don't even really want to open that discussion up because that'll take us totally off track. So I'm just going to suggest for people to do your own research. Um, again, the name of that book is Intro to African Civilizations. 
by John G. Jackson. If you read from page 1 to about 70, it would pretty much support what Brother Andre said. And that was a fantastic question that um, the brother just brought to the forefront because a lot of people need to hear this and let it massage their mind about what's really going on in this world. If I can add, one of the things that, and we're we're going to do a lot of this tonight, you know, uh, this is our purpose tonight, is to really, when we talk about rebuilding, rebuilding our community, we have to understand and ask the question, what are we going to rebuild it on? Are we going to rebuild our, our communities based on true divine principles, or are we going to rebuild our community based on a warped mindset of what is and is not correct? To say to even think about totemism or a promiscuous, a promiscuous society, and I just to use a modern word that people can understand, a promiscuous society does not mean that everyone participated like that. Hmm. It does not mean that that was everybody's stance. What it meant is that you had a society that allowed you to be naturally yourself. If you were a person who did not bear ten five, seven children, you were no different than a person who bore 20 children. And there were women who bore 20 children. But in our modern concept, it is a one-size-fits-all, and you have people who are a size 15 trying to wear a size 6. And it just doesn't Mm -hmm. fit that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tammy, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, just just great question uh, for bringing that up about the village and the children. Just great question, great feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it definitely needs to be heard, and we'll probably get a little bit more into it. Um, right. Brother Brother Andre, I want to talk a little bit more about solutions. So if we get any, and let me know, Tammy, if we get any calls or whatever on your we do end. Have, and yeah, again, we do have a, another caller on, uh, on my end. Do you have any on your end that you want to bring in before so we can just kind of flip flip it back and forth? No, 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 there's nobody up on, on my end. And then just real okay. quick so people can know that, you know, for all my blog talk radio hosts that's out there listening, we pretty much combine the shows to make the shows one. And if you want any information on how to do that, we'll be more than happy to share you and share that information with you. Okay, you go ahead. Get your call in. Uh, bring your call okay, in. Okay, well, any, anything, uh, we still have our first caller on. Anything else you want to add, caller, before we um, disconnect? Well, not disconnect you, but I'll put you back in queue. Anything else? No, that was pretty much it, so I appreciate well, it. Thank you so much if you yes. decide to come back in and select the number one. Right. Thank you. Up to up. Okay, we're going to bring in our caller from 901 with the last four digits of 1111. Caller, you're on the air with us. Hello, you guys. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Great, how you doing? I'm fine. Uh, this is Ginger. I have a question, well, actually a question slash comment. You mentioned you were mentioned earlier about slavery and about karma. Slavery has really been around since the beginning of time. And whether we were sla- enslaving people or being enslaved, wh- why is it that, and I'm, I'm one of those firm believers in being, uh, blacks being God's chosen people, not the Jews that we see out, Ashkenazi Jews, I would say. doesn't mean I'm a black Hebrew believer, but I kind of, look at it from that standpoint. But if that's the case of us 
of karma and because we've enslaved people. My question is, why aren't the other races experiencing the problems that we have if we were, because they enslaved us as well, we've been enslaved. Why aren't they going through the um, parts, of, well, I guess we'll say the, the uh, degradation that we're going through as a people? Because, I mean, whites have enslaved, but yet still they're at the top. Jews have enslaved, yet still they're at the top. Um, our, um, different cultures have enslaved, but yet and still they're at the top. But yet and still we're still at the bottom. But we, we mm-hmm. were enslaved as well, so why are we going through that? I believe, my belief personally is that we are, in the Bible says that that would be a sign on that generation for a life to know that they are God's chosen people, that we will always be where we are until we turn back to what we're supposed to turn back to. So my question to you is, why are we experiencing karma when all these other races did the same thing and other cultures did the same thing, but yet they're still at the top and we are at the part where we're at? Okay, great question. Um, let's take a step backwards in the history before, so that we can come forward. The first thing that we have to do when dealing with this, the concept of slavery is to say that first, first and foremost, there was no one on this planet before us. What has happened and how we lose our history is that we have allowed the colonizers to break us up into tribes that did not exist in antiquity. When you go back to um, what we now modernly call the Arabian Peninsula or Mesopotamia or any of those places, that was us. When you go back to um, what we now call Asia, China, Japan, that was us. When you go into the first civilizations of what we now call Europe and Germany and all of those things, Scotland, that was us. And that, that is by fact, not, again, opinion, because we can do the research that shows that was us. There is no such thing as a Jew, as, as you already know, um, right. As you stated, there's no such thing. That comes from, you know, Tahuti. Uh, uh, However, when we look at these different slave trades, if we stop with the mindset of playing the color game, because that's how we kind of rationalize it, when these people are a different color than me, well, they're a different color than me, so that means that they're different than me. Well, that's, a, that's modern. When we go back into those places, you find a reflection of yourself. So when we go back and we look at the Arab slave trade, modernly what we see on TV is these amalgamated mixed Arabs. But that's not what they look like in antiquity. That's what they look like after amalgamating with many, many slave Anglo-Saxon women who were in the Moors' harems. So that was you enslaving your own people. The way we're taught it is so screwed that that's kind of how our power is taken from us. Our orientation is jacked up. So we're orientated to think of these races. But the truth is is that you were in all of these places doing all those things. To answer your last question, which I think is the most important question is, you know, why are they not experiencing it, is because they did 
what we need to do now, which is change it. They decided to put their petty differences beside them. They said, look, you're from Germany. Okay, cool. You are from Scotland. Okay, cool. Um, I don't really care for you, but guess what? The same people uh, got us enslaved. And either I can keep fighting with you and worrying about our differences, or we can just decide to come together and get them off of our back. That's why they're ruling the world now. It's because they made a decision that we need to make. And on top of you know, that, it, it, go ahead, go ahead, sister. It was interesting you just brought that up because now let's take this from a standpoint of blacks as today. Number one, we're not pure-blooded Africans, which means we got other DNA running through our blood. If you get a dog and you made it with another dog that's not the same breed, you get a mutt. So when you got other DNA that's attaching to your original DNA, you take on the qualities or characteristics of that other DNA. Like for me, I found out not too long ago my great-grandfather was 100% Italian, which means I got Italian in my blood, I got Indian, white, whatever. But I'm not a purebred African. I just, my skin is brown, but I got on the DNA characteristics of other races. So as far as us coming to a people, you have to almost strip it down to the point of, okay, what other nationalities do you have running through your blood? Because you're, you are taking on the characteristics of those nationalities. So it does okay. come well, yeah, they me, can, the Jews, the Russians, and all them can come together because they're pure bread. Well, they, let, me, I, let me bring it, let me put, bring it to you this way, because I think when we, when we look at, at that, the logic, the logic that you just came with right there, we need to discuss that. And one of the things that I try to make sure that I do is try to get us actually out of that mindset. When you are the original and everything comes from you, just because something comes back inside of you does not mean that you are now mixed. We are not mixed. There's not one of us that's mixed. We are the original. There is no nationality on this planet who did not come from us. So they cannot come back inside of us and then mix us up. That's an orientation that comes out of a philosophy that we're told in school to keep us in the clubs clubism. The San people or the Kassan people are known to have every single DNA characteristic on the planet. They're the only people right now that they've been able to tap into their DNA and find it. Now, it's interesting because most of us will say that when we think of African modernly, we think of this, this lack of better term, blue-black person. But the people with the most DNA characteristics, meaning that they are the mothers and fathers of every single person on this planet, are not blue-black. They are brown, they are light uh, brown, and they are dark brown. Our problem is, is that we've kind of bought into that clubism. And so uh, the first Italians were the Venetians, who were, were the uh, Maroons, or what you call Ethiopians. So if you've got Italian in your blood, all you do is you've got another person from your lineage of ancestors in you that they're charming. And so they give us these DNA maps because it keeps us separate. So we'll look at an Ethiopian. You know, for instance, I look at uh, where I live out here, there's all type of Ethiopian restaurants. 
I'll walk in there and I'll see an Anglo-Saxon employed in there. But then I'll ask the the person who owns it, the sister who owns it, and she will be she'll just simply say that nobody comes in here to be employed. I automatically attribute it to the fact that when we see Ethiopians, we don't see our brothers. We just see Ethiopians because we think that that they're different. They're not different. Our mindsets are different. So all those characteristics that these people are displaying, they're inside of you. You address you. You live on different different uh, polarity scales. For as good as you are, or as, as as evil as you are, there is no one without the other. So you can be the greatest person in the world, but you can also be the most evil person in the world. That both of those exist in you. This is how the other nationalities got them. So when we look at all these things that are that are happening, these are our children. And I'm not now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not excusing what's going on. What I'm doing is trying to teach us the actual history so we can take our power back so that we can understand the steps that we have to take to get ourselves out of this situation. In no way, shape, or form am I minimizing what we went through or saying that it was okay. It's not. What I'm doing is that I'm trying to reorientate us to show that we taught the world everything. All these things exist within us. It's at this point in the age of Aquarius where this information is supposed to come out. We're supposed to take it and start rewriting history and lift ourselves up because we don't have to be in this situation anymore. We have, we have the information now, so we have to do something about it. So that, that orientation of thinking that everyone is different based on color will always separate, whether we're talking about Mexicans, Puerto Ricans. As long as we look at them and we think that they're not the same as us, We'll never have the unity and the power to to stop these atrocities. We never will. You know, this is Tammy. Um, Ginger, was that? I want to come back a little bit because I heard Anthony say our that we look at Ethiopians and or others and think that they're different um, than us. And he said they're not. But they look at us. Not. We're they're, different. We don't even have to look on, at them. Hold on, hold on, because I want to get too far off from that. I'm going somewhere else with this. Not because it's not really about the difference at all in my opinion but but what he said was our mindset is different and if you notice before we bought the college in if you remember i wanted to go just there because tonight is about what do we do because at the end of the day what has happened has happened we know many were affected by what what has happened but what do we do how do we get back to a place where we can build another wall street that we can be that village that, that, that raises children together. How do we do that? And, and I go back to the mindset because we've taken on this mindset. And if I may, I want to read uh, a few, just two things about mindset. A fixed mental attitude or disposition that predetermines a person's responses to and in, interpretations of situations, an inclination or a habit. That spells butterflies okay, all over. You can add. I know you're coming, Brian. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, yeah. Um, now, nah, I just want to, because, I mean, Brother Andre basically gave us the answer in some of the things that he was saying about mindset. I, and I, I, I ask questions to either any, you know, to a uh, young lady that's calling or you, Tammy. How many people 
in our culture will actually work with somebody they don't like. It's not too many, and that's the not difference. Too. They will. They will. They will stand. They, they, it's some people that I know in, in the Anglo-Saxons that can't stand each other. But if that brother goes to that other Anglo-Saxon and asks him for a million dollars, he's going to give it to him because they understand how to keep the money within. We won't do that. So that's, we that's won't the first give each thing. other a dollar to, in most cases. I mean, exactly. We have a hard so we have to pull the dollar. emotions out. Right. We have to pull the emotions out and build the community the right way by making it our own, starting with credit unions, get own, get black-owned credit unions, being willing to direct, our, direct deposit our money within those credit unions because that gives us the underwriting power to get these black loans to buy land. The new thing now is just to buy land. You don't even have to build on the land. Just buy as much land as you can. That's the way we have to, but you've got to get past the mindset. How many people actually do that? I had to even learn that. I had to even learn how to, just because I don't really intertwine with this brother or sister the way I think I should on a personal level, but they, they do have this business knowledge or this historian knowledge, I still know that I can work with them on that level. But a lot of us cannot do that. That's the problem. We're worried about because I'm light-skinned with gray eyes or because this brother is dark and you can't, you can't see him if it's dark outside. We're worried about that. They're not worried about that. They don't care how they look. Most of them are billionaires and, and don't even dress like nothing like that. We're the right. ones who do that. Right. We're the and ones who do that. So that's the mindset we have to change. I think we also look at each other as the competition. If you get there, then that, that decreases my, and this is just my opinion, that decreases my ability to get there. We don't look at it as we, we help each other get to a place where we don't, we keep our dollars in the community. We build communities in order to create that Black Wall Street that they did before the Mound Bayou and keep those dollars running inside. You're exactly right about uh, how, how they dress versus what we dress. If you remember on one of the shows, a gentleman said that I think it was on the tide of being black that in some cases we 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 take coming um coming out of slavery as being able to buy things or go and eat places expensive things that now we're free. We forget about the other stuff. You know, we consume oh, the majority of of things here and make the less money. So what are the uh, what are the things that I wanted to make sure that we talk about because we are talking about um, our solutions right. to the issue is, is the there's a couple of different things that, that I thought about. One of them was nationality. Um, the other one was uh, the science of our women because the woman is the question and she is the answer. But when we're talking about what we, the subject what we just came off of, it made me think about the word nationality or a nation first. And so I want to, I want to read a definition for the word nation. And, and just on that definition, all the callers should be able to see where this divide is, but also it should show you the political means of what nationhood really is and the concepts really are. And what nationhood, and after I read nation, I'm going to read nationality. Because those concepts are important. And when we're talking about what the Anglo-Saxon does, 
they exist as a nation with a nationality. And, and they do put aside those differences because they do overstand, like Anthony said, the big picture. The big picture is keeping you, me, on the phone or online on Facebook watching the Real Housewives of Atlanta when really <laughs> at the finger, your fingertips you have the, the greatest amount of information that we've had probably in the last 100 years. That's the big picture. Mm-hmm. It's keeping you watching basketball and football instead of looking up totemism, instead of looking up cosmology. The big picture is keeping you glued to the church, refusing to look at cosmology and astrology. That's the big Mm -hmm. picture. So they understand that. We don't understand that because we've been indoctrinated with false education. So we really don't even understand the concept of nationhood nor nationality. So is it okay if I read this um, sure. This definition of, of, of nation? Sure. sure. This Go is coming ahead. out of the Black's Law Dictionary, fourth edition. The word nation means a people or aggregation of men existing in the form of an organized rural society, usually inhabiting a distinct portion of the earth, speaking the same language, using the same customs, possessing historic continuity, and distinguished from other like groups by their racial origin and characteristics, and generally, but not necessarily, living under the same government and uh, sovereignty. In that definition, you've seen many characteristics of a nation. You've seen language, you've seen customs, and you've seen land. And he just told you the necessity of land, and the, and the definition just made concrete what he just explained about us needing to get land. A nation has land. But that requires us putting, to, putting our differences aside to acquire it. Again, pre-1960, we had over 20 million acres of land. Mm-hmm. After desegregation, um, I can't even remember when I looked it up, but it wasn't much. I can't remember the exact number, but it was not much that we have now. Mm-hmm. But under the term nationality, let me see, and this one I want everyone to pay close attention to the word nationality. It says the quality or character which arises from the fact of a person belonging to a nation or state. Nationality determines the political status of the individual, especially with reference to allegiance, while domicile determines his civil status. Nationality arises either by birth or by, by naturalization. According to sovereign, sovereign nation, nationality is also used as opposed to territorial plurality. For the purpose of distinguishing the case of a nation having no national territory, e.g. the Jews. So 
when we when we go back to the, the sister's question, when she's talking about how we see our stuff is different and how it's hard for us to get past that, the fact that we can't get past that is what stops our nation. Today. The fact that mm-hmm. we want to call ourselves black. Anytime you use the word black to describe anything, you just stop your nationality. The word, remember in the, in, in the definition of the nation, it says that it has to be attached to land. There is no black land. There is no African-American land. There is no Negro land. So that means that there's no nationality called black, Negro, African-American, or colored. If land is not attached to it, it doesn't exist. Then the other part says that it has to be attached to ancestry. So whenever you invoke the term black or even Ethiopian and all those things, it only goes back so far, which means after that that the term doesn't exist and neither does the people. And there is no black people in antiquity or history. There is none. There's no such thing. And we're not even getting into the actual denotation of the word black. We're just talking about the cognitive use of the word black. They, people, that people don't exist as a nation. So when we're talking about solutions, the first thing, or what I should say one of the first things we have to do is actually determine our social or political status, which deals with nationhood and claiming your nationality. Now, in our in any books and journals, the last known name for these people running around calling themselves Negro, Black, Colored, African American, and any other made up term we want to deal with is Moore. Mm-hmm. That is the last term on the books. As long as you don't call yourself a Moore, you will never be a nation and have a standing at law. Because while you are under European colonial powers, you have to reclaim that first and then get the unity that comes with that and the political uh, power that comes with having a national name. So when we look at why an, an Ethiopian comes over here or why a Sudanese comes over here and they don't want to have anything to do with you, it's because they step to you and you, they say, hey, I'm, from, I'm an Ethiopian. And then you come with the Negro game. I'm a Negro. I'm black. And they look at you like there's no people that exist on the planet called Negro and black. Stop being a slave. Stop. Stop calling yourself what your slave master calls you, and then you can get some respect in the world. But you're not respectable as long as you keep determining that you're going to be a slave. So no, they come over here and don't want to do, do, have anything to do with you because they have pictures of Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Oprah over there because that's the pictures they show them. So they develop an ideology over there that everybody over here is under that same concept. Then they come over here, and I, and I know this because I talk to them because I own a barbershop. And so when these brothers and sisters come in, these are the conversations I have to find out. So they tell me, look, we come over here, and all we see is y'all smacking the women on the, on the tail. All we see is your women walking around here half-naked, no respect, you know, calling themselves bitches, 
You know, all we see is, is the brothers over here, you know, want to have many babies and not take care of them. This is what we see. So why would we jeopardize our political status when we come over here fooling with you? When you don't know who you are. So the first thing we must do as a solution is, is, is being our proper self. And that requires a different orientation of education. Okay. Now with that with that being said, I wanna kinda of talk about the financial planning of that, you know, of um how can we start financially to um grow something together as far as, you know, when we talk about Black Wall Street or just building something that we can call our own, how will we go about that financially? To be honest with you, brother, um, the part about doing it financially can only coexist within unity. And, Mm -hmm. again, it's going to come down to you and me and everyone else having a national national name, it's kind of like when you look at what happens, and we spoke about this a little bit last night, whenever you look at what happens to a nation when they're trying to get away from European colonial powers, the first thing they do is nationalize. The act of nationalization makes them sovereign, and then they can build okay. any structure that they want without ever having to worry about someone being able to tell them what to do with it. And that's where that rights of indigenous people act comes into play. Because it says on mm-hmm. there that every every Aboriginal, Hitachinist, native person in any land has a right to self determination. You have the right to build your own schools. You have the right to start your own customs. You have the right to get back some of the lands that have been stolen from you. You have the right to educate your own children. You have the right to to get back some of the artifacts that have been stolen from you. But you have to have a, a nationality to do it. So when we want to start a bank, that's great, but that bank still is going to fall under European colonial powers unless we are sovereign or it ends up going under their rules and we still really don't control it. So the first thing, that's why the first thing, when you walk into a court, the first thing on the books is status. So when mm-hmm. they say that Anthony Collins, Tammy Gator, are they in the courtroom? They're dealing with status. What's your status? Who are mm-hmm. you? What nation do you belong to? What, who are you? And if your status is not correct, then law does not pertain to you. So we have to correct our status. And then we can build those. Those banks um, and all of those things are easy for us. That's, that's the easy part. That's the byproduct of unity. Absolutely. Tammy? I'm, I'm, I'm here. Um, just to answer your question or to piggyback on what Andre was saying uh, about what we can do with the funds, you know, I think it will be really hard. I think the answer is to aggregate funds and skills um, and do business for the sake of business in our community, within our communities. Um, 
and make sacrifices. But as you were saying earlier, Anthony, we will not do that. So we have to, again, get back to changing that mindset and the way that people think or just do it with the people who are willing and who have crossed that bridge, who have crossed, like, you know, people like ourselves who are ready and say, hey, not, we, we have the information, we have knowledge of it. Now, like you said, Anthony, organize the actions. What are we going to do about it? Because sitting around trying to pull people along will wear you out, and they're not going to do anything for the most part, most of them. So I'm right back to your question. I, I hear what you're saying about the sovereignty and, and, and doing all that, but, you know, a lot of people are probably not going to go to that aspect of it. And if they don't, I understand what you're saying. If you, you open up the credit union, you're still going to be under those those same laws, basically. So, I mean, we're right back to the question, uh, I guess, what now? I do think it it would benefit to at least start some type of, of something where you are able to aggregate the funds and the skills to determine, okay, what next? And then maybe go to the phase, maybe people will see the 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 purpose or the need for the sovereignty. Can I, can I just gender, can I say something real quick? Sure. Sure, Oh, okay. I had mentioned, uh, me and Tammy have been talking about this for quite a while, and I've, I've known the history of Black Wall Street, seen a documentary, read books on it for several years. And the one thing that we as a people need to do, and I, I've even considered this as really an out, out, far out idea, but they are always selling towns. Towns are always for sale across the United States any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And get a group of people to come together to purchase a town, our people to purchase a town, and build it from that way. It doesn't have to be a whole lot of people, but that's how Black Wall Street was built. A group of blacks or whatever came together and built a town. We may not be... You know, the Amish do it all day long. They they basically got the whole state of Utah. But they created a town. They got a whole state. They got everything. And we as our, we can do the same thing. It may not be everybody, but that's the start. Because trying to unite everybody on the same mindset is not going to happen. But buying a town and, let, and then building that town with educators and doctors and people who have the same mindset, it's, it would be a wonderful start because that's where it has to start. Trying to get a whole nation or even a group of ten people to think, you know, even if they think the same way, what impact is that going to do? But you buy a town, a small town, and everybody pulled their resources together to build that town, just like they did in, in Black Wall Street, and uh, which was Greenwood, Oklahoma. They did in uh, Florida, which was the, where the movie, um, um, well, what's the movie that was in Florida? Um, you know what I'm talking about, and Mount Bayou. That's what they did. Tammy had a. She said in Mount Bayou, where she she did the history on it. Every worker took fifty cents out of their check to build a hospital. They did those things, but they came together as a people and owned a town, not just little pockets. And that's as a people what we really need to do. To, if it's not, you know, it's not. We can talk about the mindset, but what are we going to do? Build a town. That's what everybody else does. The Washtenaw tribe and has 65,000 acres of land in New Orleans right now. The United Washtenaw Diamanda tribe, who has been recognized as the oldest indigenous people on this continent, has 65,000 acres in New Orleans right now. 
not they're not about to get it. They have it right now. And so I, I completely agree with the sister, and I'm glad she brought that up because that we had this in California just to show you um, how what she's talking about works so well. About a couple of years ago, uh, some Anglo-Saxons in a neighborhood not too far outside of San Francisco got together and decided they did not like how their particular city was running their neighborhood. So what they did is they got together, they signed a petition of everyone, I think it was maybe like a four-block radius, signed a petition, turned it in, and they succeeded from that particular city. It became their own city that just encompassed four blocks. So, like wow. the sister said, it's not difficult. But we, we do have to get in the mind state of, of doing it. You know, those, those, those things are out there. We do need the, the greater minds to come together and put things together um, for people to be able to fall under certain structures that are going to help them. Hey, Andre, I have a question for you. In, in a situation, this is Tammy, in a situation such as the one that you just described, does it have to be the majority of the people or does it have to be all? Say in that four-block radius, I think that's what the example that you use there. Does it have to be the majority? Uh, could it be the majority, or does it have to be everyone in that uh, proximity? Uh, I, I w- could not say from 110%, but me knowing law, it would have to be uh, a majority. Okay. Because in, in most laws, majority is going to mm-hmm. move. Okay. So in, in most what is law considered cases, a majority? Give me a number of what would be considered a majority. Uh, 63% two to one. So if you got 100 people, 66 of them out of the 100. Okay. You know, if you got 10 people, six out of 10. Okay. And that's generally how a, a lot of those things are going to work. Let me ask you a question. Okay, I'll give you an example. I'm not too far from Memphis, Tennessee, and Memphis is predominantly um, black. And so give an example. Let's say the population is actually 85%. I think it's either 75 or 80% black, 15% Caucasian. So let's say um, 50% of the blacks in that particular city decided they don't like the way the government is being ran. They want to form their own city with that is not associated with that particular city. And they signed a, started a petition to do that, to basically create their own, uh, well, succeed from that city. Would they be able to do that? Let me show you how that works. Right now, and, and I want everyone to Google this, because I think you have brought up some, something I think that, you know, is actually very advantageous to know. Right now, there's a petition that was going around the state of California. There is an Anglo-Saxon, uh, and I forget his name, um, who is trying to break up California mm-hmm. into six different states because he feels like Sacramento, which is the capital, has lost touch because California is just too big. So in order for his petition to go through, now pay attention to this number of people he needs to sign. There are all of at least um, 
10, 12 million people in the state of California, and I'm just lowballing the number here. In order for his petition to be heard, just heard, to, uh, in the city, he needs 500,000 signatures. Hmm. Wow. That's it. So there, we just have to learn the game. But they're talking about breaking the state of California up in the six states. And all you need is 500-some thousand signatures for the Senate to look over your case. So when you start talking about people being able to come together, this happens all the time. When people come together and say, look, we want to govern ourselves and we want to succeed from this city or this county, that happens often, like, like the sister said. There are cities that are up for sale. I just seen one maybe two years ago, and it was, uh, I can't remember what it was, but they wasn't even selling, they were selling for like 107000 Yeah, they're not expensive the entire at all. City. You know, so there's, there are possibilities and things on the books. Uh, we just have to learn to take advantage of them. Yes, it looks like the guy's name is Tim Draper. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. It was actually an article on, uh, it ran on ABC News. And see, this is what's happening while we're watching all the, like while you said, the la- the distractions. It's, I mean, things <laughs> like this are just going well, everybody's on. Tied in the, everybody's tied in the scandal. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, yep. But it's a, it's a, it's out there. So if you just Google it, Google like you said, um, and I don't even think I quite Googled it as you said it. So if you get close to it, it'll come up. Yeah. One, one, um, if you all don't mind, one direction I, I really did want to make sure that we went in is actually talking about different things that we need to start doing in our households uh, to give the audience some keys. I know uh, Tammy and, and you, Anthony, are very knowledgeable on that and, and have a lot to give to people. So I really want to make sure that we touch on that because I feel like a lot of times a lot of us want to do a lot of things, but miseducation is so rampant with us that a lot of our brothers and sisters don't really know what direction to go in. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that we talked about the actual family because the family is a micro-nation. And we can't reveal anything without the family coming back in town. Okay, that's great. Anthony, you got anything on your end before we go into that? Any callers, comments out of the chat room? Uh, no, no. One thing I just want him to quickly do, if you could, brother. I remember like, when I first heard you, um, maybe almost what, six months ago, um, you mentioned the origin of family. Am I correct in that? the origin word, yes. the origin meaning for that? Could you yes. just kind of briefly um, explain that and then go right into what you want to talk about, if you don't mind? Okay. The word, we have what's called cognitive terms, and then we have denotation. Cognitation is the word as you apply it, but that does not determine what the word means. Denotation is what the word actually means and denotes. It it means what the word means in fact. The world is run on denotation. Slaves are run on cognitation. 
and that's how words are used against them. The word family comes from the word familia, uh, and it goes back to where it means slaves. The word family, and I'm going to pull it up uh, so that I can actually read it really quick because I want them to hear exactly uh, what the word actually entails. Give me one second. Thank you, sir. And then while you do that, brother, I want to just talk okay. um, real found briefly. It. You got it? Yep, I found it. Okay. Okay, so, so the word family is a noun. Early 15th century, servant of an household. From Latin familia, family, servant, domestic collectively, the servant in a household. Thus also members of a household, a state property. The household including relatives and servants from fabulous servant of unknown origin. The Latin word the Latin word rarely appears in the sense parents with their children, for which domus see domestic was used. Whenever you're looking at a dictionary and you say and it says to see another word, you automatically look at that word. Because either that, that they're going to tell you, in this case, they're going to tell you what the word domestic means. But in other cases, it'll tell you exactly what the words you're looking up actually mean. So, and then the definition goes on to say, in English sense, a collective body of persons who form one household under one head or one domestic government, including parents, children, and servants, and has sometimes used even lodges of borders, Century Dictionary, and it's from 1540s. Okay, so now we'll go to the word domestic. Because remember it said the word domestic or domus is what was used to signify parents and children. Okay, and the word... Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm trying to let me see here. Sorry okay. about that. I'll take your time to make sure we ain't lose you. Okay. And while you do that and while you do that, I'm just quick quickly mention like uh for any of my BTR hosts that's listening to this show, um, to further this knowledge and information, please feel free to contact me or Tammy or or uh, Andre on our personal pages to have him on his, on your show to you know to talk about this because it needs to be talked about beyond this show, um, beyond this tonight and beyond yesterday so that the information will be out there and then you know we can start trying to take proactive ways into um, doing something about what's going on. Are right, you can go ahead, brother? Okay. So the word now remember it just told you that the word family means household of servants household servants or slaves, okay? Now, the word domestic is an adjective. Early 15th century, from Middle French, domestic, 14th century, and directly from Latin, domesticus, belonging to the household from domus, house, from pi, domo, house, from root, dim, house, household, 
from Sanskrit Dhamma House, Event and uh, Domeno House, Greek Domus House, Desportus Master Lord, Latin Dominus Master of a Household, Old Church Slavonic Dhamu, Russian Dom House, Lithuanian Dermitis, Enclosed Court Property. Okay, it, it represents the, the usual Indo-European word for house. Uh, the noun meaning household, okay, now it's going back into family. So the word that we keep using to signify family really means slave. The word that we keep thinking signifies slave, domestic, actually means what we keep calling our mother, father, servant, meaning that the words you should be using to signify your mother, father, children, husband um, is domestic. The words you keep using means that they're slaves. Oh, so, so you're saying it should be domestic? Is that what you said? Right. Domus, D-O-M-U-S, or you can just simply say domestic. So okay. it's, it's okay. interesting, the crazy as that may sound to some people, the way you should be introducing your your uh, your queen and your children is these are my domestics. Okay. But when I we hear domestic connotatively, we think that means that they're slaves, but it doesn't. Okay. I got you, because yeah, I remember you saying that before. Okay. Okay, well, Bernard, I'm going to go right into the information you want us to get get into. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure that we had a discussion, first and foremost, about uh, the woman and, and what happened to her and where we need her to go. And the reason why that becomes important is, is because she is the answer. When the, when the colonizers came, most of us are taught that they attacked the men. When the truth is that based on science, they knew that the real attack or the real wages of war was to attack the woman. Our women have been attacked for thousands of years from their appearance uh, to all types of different things that equate over to them. One of the ways that you will see this played out in history is by some of the words that's used. Do either one of you uh, know what the, what the prize of war is called? No. no. So when they raise when they raise somewhere, spoil, uh, and they take the, the spoils. Okay, what's the other word? Okay, so the the word that they use the most, if you go through the annals of history, they'll say it's the booty. The booty of the wars. The, the war spoils are called booty. And that's going to direct, direct, directly link you back to what they seen, if you read books, as one of the most, the finest things of our women. If you read books such as A Star in the West by Elijah Benino, he talks about how women and their beauty. Uh, if you look at even the atrocities inflicted on uh, our sister that they call the hot and hot beans, it had to do with her appearance that they didn't understand. So we need to understand why she was so important and why is it that we need her 
to wake to wake up and be herself. Now, I'm not excusing us men needing to do the same, but what I'm saying is that for in fact, she is the most important person on this planet. And through her, all this work comes to fruition. So it's the woman who is the closest symbol of nature on this planet, the Asiatic woman, does not wake up. It is not possible. It is not possible for our communities to be born. One of the things that we'll see is that when we fail, one of the reasons we fail was because we took on the idol god worship of the Anglo-Saxons. The reason that it was introduced to our women was because they knew that our women are the most spiritual beings on the planet, which is why it's the, it's, it's hard, it's the hardest for her to let go of this idol god worship, i.e. Christianity. And so they inflicted that upon her because they knew through this infliction she would have children. And these children, based on the fact that she is the teacher of the children, would come out in the same condition mentally, spiritually, and emotionally as she does. And since the man does not bear children, the children do not bear his condition. They bear the woman's condition. And so when we look at our women and we look at the imagery of what they see on TV, and we understand that because they are the most important person, then we can greater understand why you have so many images of negativity of them on TV now. You, even with, the, with our sisters perming their hair, because we don't understand the science of hair, a lot of them deem that okay. But they know that that's the reason you call cosmetology is because your hair relates to the cosmos. That's why the word cosmetology has the word cosmos in it, because your hair is tied to, to the universe. Your hair coils and spirals the same way as the universe spirals. That's why they call your hair antenna, because you soak up energy and information from the cosmos through your hair follicles. Now, again, don't believe me. Please Google this. Everything I'm saying, look into it. And when you start looking into it, you'll find it. But we haven't been taught any of the principles of even what we're supposed to look into. But one of the things that I offer for our women is to get back into being themselves. We have to start with nutrition. Nutrition becomes one of the most sound principles that we need to adopt. What you get in, what you put in, is what you get out. If you keep ingesting animals, you will keep acting like animals. You will take, you will take upon, you will take the nature of the entity that you're ingesting. That goes to scientific facts. When you put death in you, i.e., buying food from the supermarket that is not fresh, when you put death in you, then it decreases your lifespan. You Google that, they'll tell you those things. So when we look at gardening, we need to get back to that. 
we need to get back to growing growing those foods. You can find uh, mm. Brother Lila Africa, who's on Facebook, uh, Dr. Sebi. Uh, his name is spelled yes. S-E-D-I. Now I was just saying that, that brother, one of his locations out your way, right in California, Doctor Sebi, right, and his other ones in Honduras, right. I couldn't hear you. What did you say again? Oh, one second. As you on speaking, I was just saying, as far as Doctor Sebi, one of his locations is out your way in California. His main one is in Honduras, right? Correct. Doctor Sebi yeah, is, yeah. is the doctor who worked and cured uh, Lisa Nepti. Lisa left eye of herpes. He was he mm-hmm. actually the doctor who she was working with when she was assassinated. And I use the word mm-hmm. assassinated on purpose because the reason that she was assassinated is because she was about to show the world Dr. Stevie. Dr. Stevie is yep. the only doctor of Asiatic consent to fight all the way to the Supreme Court to show for of that in fact that he cures AIDS. They tried yep. to stop him, his fault, and won. So it is Can I ask a quick question yeah. about him? Sure. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Isn't he the one? There was a doctor, and this was really, really, it was so low-key, you had to find it under, it was like a piece of lint under rug, that um, he basically, it was a person who had full-blown AIDS. They basically did uh, put the person in a coma-like state, drank the person's blood, boiled it, Cooled it down, recirculated like a person goes through on dialysis, and he no longer has AIDS. Is that the same guy? You know what? I'm not sure. That was a doctor that. in Africa that I did that. I heard about that. But I don't yeah, think it I was heard Dr. About that. Yeah, I don't think that was Dr. Sibby. I, I know a, a, a great DVD that will give you a startup on him is, is a DVD that he did that's called Electric Food. And he basically mm-hmm. explains to you what you should be eating and how you should eat it, and, and exactly what he heals. And personally, I know someone here in Chicago who had stage um, 4 cancer. I don't remember what kind of cancer the father had. But anyway, when he went to Honduras, he came back 100% cured. Okay. And that was at Dr. CB, CB Village. Yep. Along with him, Dr. Africa. Dr. Lila Africa has several books um, that can be purchased for extremely reasonable amounts. And his books are extremely informative. Um, and honestly, should be the next thing that everyone purchases for their library. Either one of his books, um, they both deal with herbs. And you can look him up. He's on Facebook, Lila Africa, L-I-A-L-A Africa. Uh, but nutrition is going to be the cornerstone of what we end up doing because through nutrition you can literally change the molecules around in your body. So when you're hearing about GMOs and all these different things, the reason that they're putting these things in food is to change your nature and the structure of your DNA. And these things are done on purpose. So they know that if they put certain, you know, things in foods, that they get a certain output or activity from you. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's no different than what we see on TV. These things operate off of vibrations. 
everything in the cosmos operates on vibration. Food, everything, sound, all of it is a vibration. So what you put in is important. And so we really need our sisters and our brothers, but mainly our sisters because you are the ones who feed the babies to start studying nutrition. And, and we just gave you some names for you to start. And those people have YouTube videos. If you cannot afford to buy the books right now, get on YouTube, put in Dr. Sebi or Dr. Africa so that you don't have an excuse to say, oh, I can't afford the book. There are YouTube videos on there where they will talk, especially Dr. Africa. He has YouTube videos where he goes directly into what you need to be eating in detail and what you need to stay away from in detail. He has videos on there that talk about literally how to cure high blood pressure and cancer in full on YouTube. So if you have someone, most of us do, who has high blood pressure or diabetes, all you have to do is get on YouTube and the information is there. So we need to use those computers for something other than going to ESPN.com. Yeah, yep. And also, to just to add to that, I've actually, when I when they diagnosed me with heart disease, um, the so-called doctors, I like to call them, with heart disease last, last April, I went and changed some of the things that I eat just based off looking and studying Dr. CB on YouTube. And I went back about 30 days later and they couldn't find no traces of what they found before. So this stuff is proven, and I just tell people just to try it. Try some of the um, combinations of the meals, some, some of the nutrition um, menus that he has on his website. And I've also shared some of this information with my mom because she had high blood pressure, and it's totally under control now. So this stuff is proven, you know, just to testify to it. Um, and I'm glad he brought that up because I can share those testimonies personally. Hey, will you guys give the got a text for the name? You said Dr. Africa, and what was the second person's name? Dr. Sebi. One second, I'm actually pull up the Sebi. S E B I. I actually can pull up the website in one minute because okay. I, I stay on that website. Okay, great. Uh, okay, we'll get that to you here shortly for our listeners. And also, and also, um, brother Andre, can you? Um, it was a listener that inboxed me. Can you tell them the name of the dictionary you've been reading out of, please? Okay. So I have the dictionary I've been reading out of is called the, the Black Law Dictionary. Because that dictionary is written by a, a, a man with the last name of Black. So it's called the Black Law Dictionary, fourth edition. Uh, and any dictionary you get, always get dictionaries that are prior to 1950. And you want to get all dictionaries that are unabridged. Webster's Dictionary is not a dictionary. Scholars use Oxford. So stay away from Webster's unless you can get one that's 1950s and below unabridged. When I show people my dictionary, uh, they can't believe the size of it because it's basically the size of about four different Dictionary. Mm -hmm. And that's a, and actually a Webster's unabridged dictionary from 1950. Now, brother, is, is, it, is it Pacific? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but is it a Pacific place you can get that particular one? And how much it costs? Do you have any information on that? Well, 
this is what we're going to have to do. Go to the thrift stores. Go to the Salvation Army. Okay. Get those books they have there. Because truth be told, first of all, there is no 1950 dictionary still in print. And the Black Law Dictionary cost about uh, $1,500. Okay. And I found it, I mean, I found it on Craigslist for 15 bucks. Because okay. people get rid of things on Craigslist. And so I was right. searching for dictionaries, and I'm like, I need the Black Law Dictionary. Uh, and so uh, there was a brother on there selling it for $15. I hopped in my car so fast to go get that thing. Uh, he was saying, still saying hello on the phone. Okay. Okay. Okay, absolutely. And real quick, and real quick, Tammy and everybody before we go on, I'm on his website now. It's ba- it's real simple. www.drdrsebiproducts.com. And also, Tammy, I posted it on your Facebook page. So when you go to your Facebook page, you can just click on the link. I live yeah, on that website. My it. mother lives on that website. And we've incorporated a lot of what he's put into our diet. And, and you remember, Tammy, when I did a show and I talked to you about how a lot of times I heal a lot of things within myself, this is pretty much one of my resources along with meditation and yoga and stuff like that. So I encourage everybody to check him out. Okay. Yeah, and I've already sent it to her, and I did get it on my page as well. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, but they are really really great resources, and the brothers who are doing the work, and uh, both of them have queens right next to them putting in the same amount of work with them, and uh, their information is, is invaluable. I mean, we can never, mm-hmm. honestly, never will be able to thank them. We couldn't thank them even enough appropriately for their YouTube videos. When you get on YouTube and you see especially what Dr. Africa has on there, it'll blow your mind. The herb, it he gives you a complete list. He does, he's not a person who just leaves you hanging. He gives you a complete list of information that you can write down, go to your herb store, and start making it when you come back home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the nutrition principle, we really need to start taking more serious. Um, we also need to start looking more into what we're putting into our, our, our minds and our ears. And... Anthony knows that I will never forget when he called in to the first show that I was on, you know, talking about the experiment that he did with water. Can you, you mind telling yeah. me a little bit about that? Yeah, basically um, it was a positive energy versus negative energy experiment where you take um, two glasses, two glasses, of course, that you don't care about, you fill them up with water, and you even label them, and you say positive energy and negative energy. So then you take the one with positive energy, go in the room and say, you know, I love myself, I love my kids, I love life, anything positive, any positive affirmations, you put that in the freezer. Then you take the negative energy one and you put it, you know, and you go into a room and you kind of just basically cuss at it, you know, F this, forget the world, anything negative, and you put that in the freezer. You just wait till it freezes up and you see the results. My negative energy glass actually exploded in the in the uh, freezer, and my positive energy glass was a crystal like a crystal like image, like real positive. It was looking just like a crystal, and I tell people to do that experiment all the time. And it's just all about vibrations, like Andre mentioned before. Hmm. Now, what what becomes important about that experiment is that no matter what you turn on around you, that vibration 
is either healing or killing. One of the two. Mm-hmm. When you turn on TV shows, and I'm always harping about these these new shows that are out because we don't understand the imagery that it's really putting into us and the vibration that it leaves in your home. So when you are watching mm-hmm. something or listening to music, just because you turn it off does not mean that the energy is still not in your home. One of the ways that you see that, just so that a person can understand exactly what that looks like, anyone who's been married, okay, for any length of time, if you are a man coming home, when you open your front door, any man that's been married for a moment will tell you when he opens his front door, he can tell if something is wrong with his queen. She's not in the room, but she has a vibration that circulates through the whole house. So he'll know when he opens that door, and a lot of men will say, when she first, is everything okay, baby? She hasn't said anything, but she has a vibration that goes out. Same thing works with when she's happy and so on and so forth. You, everything carries that. So when you are playing, I have a young man who I was speaking to in my shop, and he said, yeah, you know, um, I tend to play all that music when my kids aren't in the car. Sometimes I can't wait till they get out of the car. And I, and I stopped him. I said, you do know that all that girl shakes your tail music and all that, when you're playing it out of the car, when they get into the car, they still feel in that vibration. And it still has an effect on them. And scientifically, if you look up vibration, they will tell you. And that, this is the reason why that we live under a certain negative vibration because it keeps people locked down into what's called your lower nature. It keeps people on a survival instinct. They even have the science and my queen knows it because um, she decided to look it up one day. The reason that we're seeing so many commercials with naked people is tied into the, uh, the hormone that deals with consumerism is the same hormone that deals with your sex drive. So they know that if I take a Safeway commercial for macaroni and cheese, and I put a woman whose cleavage is showing in the commercial, the image of that cleavage will resonate inside of you. It will tap into a certain part of your sex drive, but that same, that same uh, hormone deals with how your consumerism, what you buy and what you don't buy, how much you shop, how much you don't shop. So we have to really start understanding those things because these people are doing this on purpose. So you have to start being on purpose with what you put into yourself. Mm, wow. Whew. Okay. Anthony, you got anything in your <laughs> we do if not, we do have a caller on my end, you all. Um right, I'm not not. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, Take a call. Okay. We're gonna I'm gonna um Ginger, I'm gonna go ahead and mute you back out, okay? Thank you for all your great comments and questions. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jim. We're going to pull in our caller from 901 Erie Code with the last four of 8714. Call us. Thank you, and you're on the air with us. 
Hello, you all. Hotel. And, um, Hotel. Yeah. Hotel, and, uh, I'm, What's up? And, uh, oh, Anthony, by the way, uh, the, the, the show that you did about vibrations in the mind and so forth, I'm actually having, I'm, I'm actually being more optimistic about life now because of uh, changing the way I've been thinking. So uh, thank you for that. And um, I'm continuing oh, no doing problem, research. Really? Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Miss Tammy, I talked to Miss Tammy about that weeks ago, and um, but I do, I do have some some questions, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to be long, but um, I, I do have a, a, a few questions. Um, for one, like with nationality, I do understand more now that that's very important, and as a people, as not autochthonous people, melanated people, um, where can we find our if, we, if our ancestors had dolls, rolls, and well, which they did, how can we find those? I mean, like, how can we link our uh, our family tree to uh, the dolls, rolls, like our family history? Is there a certain place, a website, or somewhere we can go to to look these to look up our uh, dolls, rolls numbers or dolls, rolls numbers? Excuse me. Okay, well, <clears throat> you could actually get on Google and. Um, you can Google actually Dolls Row, and okay. that. And by the fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take take it and I'm going to attach it to the uh, a headline on the show. And you can actually Google this. You can actually go through this archive, and it will bring up all the names that are on the Dolls Row, and um, you can search through it. However, what you're going to have to link yourself to if you can't find it is going to be two things. There was a treaty, um, and please please look into these treaties. There was a treaty called the Treaty of Peace and Friendship. Yeah. The reason that that treaty becomes important is because, remember, that Article 6 of the Constitution says that all treaties entered into before or after this Constitution is the supreme law of the land. That treaty of peace and friendship links us as moors back to this land. Okay, you have to read through that treaty and you'll see that it links us back to this land because it lets you know that there was a sovereign government here in full before the Anglo-Saxon or Albion got here as a colonizer. That treaty was signed to stop the Punic Wars that had been going on for thousands of years between us, the Moors, and the Albion, i.e. Romans, Greeks, uh, so on and so forth. The reason that you have that pyramid on the dollar bill is because if you read there was a, um, a letter that George Washington sent to the Sultan of Morocco, and it tells you that our government lent that seal to the U.S. As to show the partnership. So that seal, that pyramid with the eye of Haru detached, it's detached because the peoples whose government that falls under are detached from their history. 
So symbolically, that's what it represents. So when you hear people who don't really understand history talk about, oh, it's dealing with um, the Masons and, oh, it's dealing with this, ignore it. That's a government thing. And that's one treaty. Then also you can link yourself back to uh, the rights of indigenous people, which we spoke about last night, which was signed in 2010 by, by President Obama. That one is the, probably the easiest and most important one to link yourself back to because it just specifically spells out the fact that you can get everything. That we as a people, if we can just unite under a national name, can get some of our land back. So the Treaty of Peace and Friendship and the rights of indigenous people are two things that you can look up, and then I'm going to attach the gals row um, in the show here in just a few seconds. Okay. Uh, oh, were you, were you going to say something else? Uh, no problem, bro. Okay. Um, yeah, because I've, I've actually have read some of the uh, rights of the indigenous people, like, like what what has happened to me for the past over the past few years? Just to make a long story short, is that I have run across information like this, bits and pieces on and off, and I've done a little research on and off. And and one of the one of the uh, and this leads to my next question is is one of the concerns that I have is that I, I keep running into people who have information like this, but it's like they trying to. I guess because of their ego, they, they, they know so much information, but yet they're trying to, like, uh, be indigenous on their own. They don't have, like, a nationality, per se, and it's like they're trying to make a nationality as just themselves without any other groups of people. And and this leads to my next question as far as, like, uh, like with money, um, with what we call money being fictitious, it has no value, I mean, legal tender, paper notes, that type of thing. My next question is, how can we as an autonomous people avoid, like, uh, avoid debt, like student loan debt, um, any type of debt that's taken on, even though, but at the same time we're using fictitious money, and because of our indigenous status and our nationality, are we able to avoid these type of, uh, I don't know what you call the terms, these type of um, fake monetary systems, I, I should say, like debt, for an example, student loan debt, possibly mortgage, all these entities that are based on the fictitious money, does that really apply to us as indigenous people if we claim our nationality and our status, our correct status? So, yes, you can um, definitely get away from student loan mortgages. Remember there's a word mortgage, the word mortgage. Yeah, please, dead, dead, please. Dead. It's a dead place. Yeah. So you own the house when you sign when you sign the documents. You just didn't know it. But uh-huh. you also have what's called except except for value. Google that. Except okay. for value. That comes comes from the fact that with the US democracy democracy, fictitious government, signed the Federal Reserve Act. The Federal Reserve um, promised to pay all debt occurred 
by the United States. Well, the United States is the people. And because there was no stipulation put in them, what the United States, what the Treasury does is that they actually pay all debt that before you ever pay them by promise. So when you get a, a bill, and I'm just showing, telling you the short form, it requires study. Okay, so everything yeah. I'm saying, study, study, study. There is no don't study. Okay, so if you were to get a bill in the mail and you understood the, the way to defend your square, you could write accept for value on it and send it back. Now, they're probably going to resend it to you, and then you write it on there again. Eventually, you, there's going to be a couple things that come from that, but you can get all those debts uh, charged off. If, when you're dealing with a mortgage, the best thing to do is deal with your mortgage before you, you, you go into default or what would be considered default. Most of us do these things as a measure to get out of trouble. That's called reaction. What you need to do is act. Before you're ever in any trouble, you start these court cases while you're still clear. That way you're doing it from an advantage instead of a disadvantage, meaning that you're not in danger. And so you can do it from a, a more um, a, a calmer mindset. And so you start asking for the alonial title. You start asking for uh, the real debt, um, a, a real actual bill, you know, and things like that. And so when, when they can't send them, you start these court cases. So just look up accept for value uh, as one of the things that's going to tell you, and it's going to give you a lot of information on how to do that. Um, and then you can look up the mortgage and put in your Google dead pledge, and then they'll yeah, talk uh -huh. to you about those things. But the other thing that you asked about is dealing with your nationality, and I want to make sure that's clear before I let you go. The, the nationality principle, you can do all those things, and some of them they're going to let you slide with if you're not nationalized. They will let some people slide because they can't afford to get for the information to fly out there. But you need to be nationalized and in your proper self for law to apply to you. So it's going to be better for you to be nationalized. And that's why I gave that website out last night, R.B. Bay, R and then Robert, B is in Victor, Bay is in B-E-Y, publications.com. And that's a website that will have all the information on it, and it will even talk to you about how to nationalize um, and so on and so forth. But that is, that is the course of action that we need to go into. It's nationalization. Yeah. yeah. And and um and it's just one last question that, that I have. Uh and this this is dealing with and this is really dealing with a lot of us uh melanated people um coming together or some of us coming together at least. As we're as a number of us are getting this information and applying it and changing our status and our nationality, as we're coming together do you think this? And I just want to know what your what, what you all's opinions are on this. Do you all think that we should, as we're coming together, that we should, of course, go back to what our ancestors were speaking, like the language and maybe how they was 
dressing and what they was eating because I know nutrition that's important and um and like to where we're actually we're different and I and and, I, and sure that may take some time maybe um but uh, but I just wanted to know what what's you all's opinion on it because I also um meet, meet people that say well you know we should speak our, our own language somehow like we should speak some like one of these other in um, Native American Indian languages or something, but I just wanted to know that was just one my like like my last question about what uh what what should what do you all think we should do about that as far as as we're coming together more and more. Well, uh, I'll keep this one short. You know, the language is going to is going to come, but that's more likely going to come at a later time because that's going to that's that's one of those things, ball principles that we'll have to become equated with all over again. How to even how do you make the language, or do we just go back to speaking Swahili, or you know those type of things? Yes, you eventually come together and do that. But that's not the first thing on the agenda. That's closer to the middle. The first thing is nationality, constitution, yeah. uh, diet, you know, not diet, excuse me, nutrition, uh, sound and vibration, land. Um, and then after that, you know, then you're dealing with having your own currency. Um, and all these things are, are on the agenda a little bit higher than language because the language, um, although it goes back to nationality, it's not at the root of law. Like, you don't have okay. to, the law doesn't say that you have to speak a, di- a different language to be a different nationality. Okay. All right. I uh, appreciate okay. your call, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, Miss Tammy? Uh-huh. Uh, um, yeah, and, 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 and this was uh, an earlier, you all was, uh, someone had brought up uh, karma um, about, like, about the evils that our people have done, you know, throughout the whole globe. And I was wondering, um, not, and this will be my last, my last question, I promise. Uh, have any, like, <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting show, but has any Anglo-Saxon came to any of you all and say, well, and, 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 and they knew the information, well, you know, black people, they, ancient black people caused atrocities, you know, and, and now they're just getting a karma back to them. You know, that's why these black people, these so-called black folks, are in the state that they're in now because of their ancestors. Have y'all had any Anglo-Saxons, like, come to you all like that? And if they have, how did y'all respond? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I have uh, not. No. no. And um, oh. that would be against my better wishes for them, for them to do that. So, no, I haven't. I haven't had... I will say that for me, because I do own a barbershop, I deal with a lot of different nationalities. And, um, you know, I've, I've had conversations where I told them certain information about their slaves. Most of them don't deny it. A lot of them know, but don't talk to us about it. Remember that the most powerful, we're the most powerful people on the planet, but the most powerful people on the planet are completely subdued because we've been dumbed down. So they won't deny it. I mean, I've had Anglo-Saxons when I told them that you do understand. I mean, one, I told them verbatim, you do understand that by promoting our uprising, then you're promoting your demise simply by amalgamation. And the conversation went that 
you know, scientifically, because you're a recessive genetic, that through amalgamation, if your women were to continue to chase after Asiatic men or, or vice versa, that just based on amalgamation period, you won't be here in 50 years. He looked at me and said, based on the things that we're doing right now, that probably wouldn't be such a bad thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, interesting. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cody, for once again all your great questions and comments and lots of information to Thank take you in. Um, you're welcome. Thank you. I do. Let me make sure, um, if you don't mind, Andre, give us the name. I have a listener asking to make sure. Did you say dead pledge for the mortgage to find out? Yes. Is that right? D- okay, that's what I said. Yes. D-E-A-D, and they can look up the word mort, mortuary, mortgage, same root, mort, M-O-R-T. And you can look that up in the dictionary, and it just means dead. Pledge okay. is, is, a, is, a, is a pledge, so dead pledge. Okay. And so, yeah, that's exactly what I, what I said. They can just look that up. If they type in mortgage, and they put in dead pledge next to that in Google, it will bring up the information. Okay. Okay, great. That's what I thought you said. Okay, so I gave that correctly. All right, Anthony, anything from, from your end? And I don't know, um, I, I'm assuming it's too late now anyway for the Mount, Mount Bayou mayor, so apparently he was not able to get out of his uh, appointment. So I'm um, not sure if you have some callers or something from your chat line on your end, Anthony. Oh, no, there's, there's plenty of callers here, but no one's raised their hand. Um, basically, I um, just want to thank this brother for taking um, the last couple of nights because, I mean, We've been basically we had a four hour show between today and yesterday and I know that can be quite quite taxing, so I appreciate him taking out the time to, to share this information. I've definitely learned a lot. Um we've shared a lot, so now I hope that, that our callers and listeners are really taking this serious and, and put something into um, what I what I like to say is organized action. And of course, brother, I'll be in touch with you because I have some more questions I want to get to you off the air. Yeah, no doubt. No problem. All right. Okay, you know, okay. I appreciate you all know, having me come on. I really do it because really this is all we, we're supposed to be doing is, is helping in the true and divine work of, of raising fallen humanity. And our babies need this information. So any time uh, that I can come on shows like this or, you know, do the lectures in the public that I do, it uh, makes me fulfill my spirit and my, my destiny. So I appreciate uh, you all giving giving me the opportunity to put the information out. I really do. Thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate I know, it. Much um, both of I'm sure Anthony feels the same. He's expressed it, but you know, and you you and I have talked kind of off the air about it. But welcome back anytime. So you you bring the topic and oh, yeah. we'll, we'll make it work. Okay, no doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. And I, well, so you people, guys, um, let's kind of keep the keep the comments going in the. I mean the. The event is still out there, so if there's some questions and comments or something you guys find, the listeners that you want to post in there, do that. And that's a way of kind of keeping things going and may help uh, Andre kind of come up with what to talk about next. So if you know something that wasn't shared or you didn't ask or didn't wasn't brought to the forefront, post it out there and just kind of start a conversation and let's take it from there because, again, our, our children need to hear it. We need to hear it. A lot of this information... I heard tonight and last night, I mean, I've never heard. I raised my hand. I, a lot yeah, of that I, I was not aware of. 
Absolutely. And then another thing I, I just want to kindly ask and thank all the BTR hosts that helped promote this show and shared the show. But let's take it to another level and, and, and ask um, Brother Andre to come on to the show to share this information on, your, on you guys' network because the more shows that okay. that um, have him on, um, the more this information will get out. So let's don't stop it here. I know a lot of the BTR hosts are listening now. They've been helping us um, share it. So let's take it to another level and keep this going. Great, 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 great. And that's, and that's all I got, Sammy, so we can go ahead okay. and get out of here. Okay. <laughs> um, yep, it's been a long two nights, like you said. Okay, so I'm good on my end. Um, wait a minute, you guys. Maybe I'm not, and we're down to the last three. Well, I know you need to go. Let's see, because we only have three minutes. I do believe we have the Mayor Ann. Mayor Johnson? I, I am here. How are you? We're down to the last three minutes, but you certainly can introduce yourself. And uh, for our chat listeners, it's going to go off, but um, for the people that are on the phone with us, um, they will be able to hear it. That's right, Anthony, correct? And, Anthony, I know you probably have to run. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here, but just keep me posted. Okay. Yeah, I'll be be on because I'm definitely interested in hearing what the good brother's doing down there. Okay, okay. (laughs) All right, well, let's just hang in there. We still have callers out on my end. So, um, And for those of you, Anthony, on your end, if they want to call in real quick to the show before it disconnects, they'll be able to stay on and listen as well, 818-691-7406. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to keep the show open. It is still okay. be going, but I just okay. have to get off. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. All right, well, thank you for calling. I know you had your own stuff going tonight, and, um, just kind of want to hear about Mound Bayou, so give us the run, give us the feel. Well, it's, it's uh, I, I know it's it's kind of late, and uh, I do apologize for being on so late. Uh, we've had a, a, a very challenging day, and uh, but uh, that's all part of being the mayor, and uh, and so I'm just getting to be able to get on the telephone tonight. Uh, we do uh, the the Black Mayors Association of the Mississippi Black Mayors Association are, are kind of uh, in shock tonight because we just lost one of our uh, mayors of Jackson, Mississippi, who passed away tonight. And uh, so uh, we praying for the families of those uh, that that are affected by the death of a of a, a great man, uh, uh, Miss uh, Mayor uh, Lamumba of Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. And uh, but but in Mount Bayou, Mississippi, there are great things happening. We're looking forward to the future. We are turning the page in history, and we're looking for Mount Bayou to be a a ground zero for African American uh, activity, for uh, being able to um, commemorate uh, the things that African Americans have done throughout the history of African-American history in the United States. So, therefore, we're looking forward to some museums and some other things that will be a place right here in Mount Bayou. So uh, I just want to kind of say that very shortly and let you know that we're excited about your program as well. And and tell them the website because there's a great number of people still to this day that that just have never heard of Mount Bayou um, and some, you know, looked it up today for this show. So give the website, and we'd like for everybody to go out there, visit the website, and then... Um, well, 
our, our new city website is moundbayouonline.com. It's mound, M-O-U-N-E, as in dog, bayou, B-A-Y-O-U, moundbayouonline.com. And there are some other references to other sites over there as well. But uh, Mount Bayou uh, is, is a uh, place where we say, where we always say, where God and liberty dwells. And that's the way the founders found it, and that's the way we're going to keep it. Okay. Okay. So we want everybody to get out there and do the research. And, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure, have you back on um, as time moves forward and moves forward and, and you start to kind of do what you're going to, what you have planned to do there. And, and we're going to hopefully play our part in that as well, or we'll play our part in that as well. So I just want to thank you um, again for all that you are doing to promote um, what's needed, the change. So thank you. Any and, and, Andre, you're on with us. I know you had a little time to look up Mount Bayou. Any questions before we? Yeah, you know, I did wonder, and uh, if you have the answer, why it was called Mound Bayou, and the reason I was wondering that is because I know that um, our ancestors were known as the ancient mound builders. So I'm wondering, does the name of it have any connection with our ancient well, it, cultures? It, it it actually did. Uh, there was a, uh, in the uh, establishment of the town, uh, our founders used to ride the train coming uh, from Memphis to uh, Mount Bayou, and the train that actually went from Memphis to uh, New Orleans. And so uh, as a point of reference to stop the train, because they slept on the train, they would tell the, the, the train conductor when he saw to the right the large Indian mound. It was an Indian mound that was a marker. So when he saw to the right the large Indian mound and a bayou that converged and uh, into into one, uh, stop the train. And so okay. they, they would ask that question continuously, and so they would they would continually answer Mound Bayou, Mound Bayou, and so so forth. Uh, uh, the name the name came from the large Indian mound to the right and the bayou that was actually to the left, and stop the train. And so that's where uh, Mound Bayou Mound Bayou is strategically located, 100 miles south of Memphis and 100 miles uh, north of Vicksburg. So it was strategically located in that place. Okay. Now, have you had a chance to um, connect with the uh, United uh, Washington Diamonda tribe? Uh, Not at all. Not at all. We're, we're looking for the connection from the Indian, and, that, and that's why I'm excited because I was kind of listening to uh, the tape broadcast, some of the tape broadcast, and the Indian connection, and that's one of the uh, uh, places that we have not really explored into, and uh, we'll be very interested in looking at the Indian connection as far as uh, uh, with our name and Mount Bayou name as well, because we understand that there was an Indian presence even before the people from Mount Bayou got there. Okay. And that that um, is going to be directly uh, in that area is going to be the Washita, uh, W-A-H, I mean, W-A-S-H, uh, 
A-T-A-W. Wow. And um, that's the Washita Diamanda tribe. And uh, that's going to be the, the, the tribe of, um, of connection that's going to be in that area. And I know because that's the tribe that I nationalized for. So when we were talking about nationalization, uh, my my nation that I'm, I'm with is United Washita Diamanda. And the, the reason I was asking you, had you had a chance to connect it, because Washita has 65,000 acres right now in New Orleans. And um, mm. I think it's uninhabited still uh, until, you know, because it takes more than just the, the land completely to build a nation. you got to have, your, you know, your commons if you want to be independent and so on and so forth. Uh, but I definitely will give you the name of someone who I think may be able to help with that connection if you want. I, I would love to. I would love to. Okay. Okay. Um, so what else? Is it okay if I do you want to give that now? Do you want I, if I can make if I can no. give uh, the connection? I'll, I'll, what I'll do, Andre, is send you the information so that you can contact him. Is that okay? Is that okay? Please, yeah, no please problem. give him my information. Yes, okay. and then we, okay. we can talk. Okay, great. Okay. Then I'll yeah. do that when we're off the uh, air. Okay. I'll send that to you um, right away. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, uh, I think that's exciting. Because uh, I got a couple of questions to ask you that I think that was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really interesting stuff, especially about the hospital. Yeah, we were talking about the hospital a little bit before the air, uh, before we came on air tonight. So interesting. And I think, uh, Andre, that you had not really heard about I would of love to make you. this announcement. I'm sorry, I would love to make this announcement about the hospital. Go ahead, please. Uh, we we are reopening the hospital. Our hospital was open in February the twelfth, nineteen forty two. And uh we are finally reopening the hospital March the fourth. We're gonna have a big grand uh uh um uh, opening and uh we would love for other people I mean uh, April, I'm sorry, April but we would love people to come and be with us during the opening, the grand opening and uh and it was that that hospital was for the first time blacks were able to come to the front door in the south of a of a hospital and be treated like first class citizens and so we're celebrating that in the historical aspect as well as the reopening of the hospital as an urgent care center so uh, that's something we're proud very proud of how long has it been closed that's it's been closed long. since the early 1980s okay okay Wow! Wow! Yeah, that, that's that's impressive. That's that's wonderful, brother. That, that's wonderful. Okay. Uh, well, I we definitely will definitely will be, be here. Uh, letting people know about that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Anything else you want to add? We have we still have callers, so you guys can kind of go if you need to. We still have callers well, on the air with us. I, I do have one question. Um, and then down to my computer, I forgot the name of it, but there was a the Tobar, or the, the, the name of the, uh, the association that opened the hospital. Uh, you, the, the United yes, Twelve or something like that. And I can't remember the name. Um, but it was the people who opened their hospital originally. United yeah, Twelve, Tobar, or something like that. Well, it was it was uh, it was under the United Twelve, 
but it was it was uh, called Knights and Daughters right. of of Tabor, T A B O R O, and uh, it was a secret fraternity, a secret fraternal organization, which was very important during uh, earliest days to have these secret of uh, uh, fraternal orders because blacks had to have these types of things to be able to do some of the work that they did. And this fraternal order was uh, an order of uh, fraternity uh, brothers and sisters from across the country. They put their nickels and dimes together to build a monument. Are you still there? Yes, we're here. Okay. Uh, They put their nickels and dimes together across the country. And uh, that's how they were able to build that that hospital um, uh, through through that uh, effort that was done. And then in 1942, they were able to open the doors of the hospital for the first time uh, in the South. Okay. So, of is the name. Okay. So it, okay. So it was a uh, fraternal secret fraternal organization because the name really stuck out to me, and uh, I had never heard of it. Uh, and so I wanted to do some research. Are they still around now? There are members of Knights and Daughters of Table, but most of them, uh, actually, there is an, the organization still exists. Uh, it was it was uh, nationwide. Now it's just a small organization here. And the remnants of it, uh, relatives of some of the people that held very important uh, positions, are still here uh, trying to... Um, make sure that the hospital uh, building is back open and functioning within our city and uh, and that, that the, uh, the historical aspects of it continually live uh, in this okay. area so that people can see the memorialization or the commemoration of what had gone on. Okay. All right. There's more questions I want to ask you about that, but um, I feel like they, those are the ones I'll ask you off there. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, and and Tammy, I'm not uh, I'm not gonna I'm I'm, I'm have a very short time uh, okay. tonight, and and I wanted to come in and uh, because I promised and uh, and make the call. I was I was trying real hard to get on, was not able to do it. But uh, uh, I'll be glad to come on at another time to do an interview or whatever. And my my email address uh, for anybody listening is moundbayou at gmail dot com. And you can always email me, and uh, and I will try to get back with you at some point. And uh, questions or anything, I, I'll try to answer. And if you email me, I can kind of get announcements and other things to you as well, kind of uh, send you to some, some of the places where we'll be making announcements. Great, great. And that's moundbayou at gmail.com. If you, if you miss that's that or my you don't have it. Right, that's the email address. Yeah. If you miss it and don't have it, touch base with us and we'll get it to you. And then I will make sure that um, Andre has your – now, do you want me to give the – which number to Andre? Or we could, you can tell me that off, which number you want me to give Yeah, you can give, Andre my, you can give Andre my cell phone number. Okay, all right, I'll do that off the air. Yes. And I just want to thank you for, for taking the time. I know you had a busy night, so thank you, and we'll be in touch. And you can put us down for April 4th, so we'll be there, the, the group and some more that was there on Saturday. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, well, thank you, and, and, and tell the lovely wife hello. I sure will, and God bless all you right. all. Okay, God bless all right. you. All right. Peace. Andre, okay, now. Bye-bye. thank yeah. you so much, Andre, for hanging in there. Um, 
And thank you. We still have a few callers out there as well. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad he was able to get in. And what I'll do, Andre, if um, if you just want to call me real quick, and I'll give that to you, that information to you. Okay, do this. Call me. I'm driving, so it's easier for me to answer than call. Now, you still have my contact. Okay, great. I'll do that, okay? Okay. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're actually off the air um, anyway, so thank you all for tuning in. And just stay connected. We'll have um, Mayor Johnson on again soon, you know, when time permits, and want you guys to come back and listen in. So thanks, everyone, and have a great night.